Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. The team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Rider Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Rider Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always, and joining me pretty much as always now, since it's the playoffs, we're coming at you full circle, uh, full steam ahead. Hani Amanian joins me today. Hani, your Raptors are done, but your Lakers are still going. We're going to talk about the Lakers today, but can we just take a second to not only laugh about the Celtics, who blew a 17-point lead today, and are now trailed two games to zero to the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. But can we talk about the L.A. Clippers, the preseason champions, the regular season champions, even though they took half their games off, the, just the media-crowned L.A. Clippers blowing a 3-1 lead in the second round and no longer being allowed to play because they're done. Look, uh, first of all, nothing would make me happier than talking about that. If you don't want to talk about Lakers Nuggets today, I'm totally cool with that. We can we can go all night about about <laughs> the Clippers and the Celtics. Um, I, it's so the Lakers are really really good, and every game that we watch them play, for the most part in the playoffs right now, we are enjoying them very very much. Nothing has been more entertaining than these last three days when the Lakers haven't even played, and we've just been watching Clippers meltdown. Celtics meltdown back to back. Oh, this is this is heaven. I, I think I have ascended into heaven. <laughs> we, yeah, I mean, I'm down to just do like a full podcast laughing at the Clippers. And at the end, we'll just give our Lakers Nuggets predictions. We won't even preview it. We'll just, uh, you know, I think the Lakers win in however, however many games. But yeah, I mean, just an epic, epic collapse. And I don't want to take away from the Nuggets because the Nuggets, for some reason, they don't take their final form until they're down 3-1 in a series and down double digits in game five. All of a sudden, then the light switch, the, the light bulb goes on and they start playing some amazing basketball. So maybe the Lakers should just let the Nuggets take the first two games and then, I mean, something, or at least take the first game and then like something has to give after that. I've been thinking about this a lot. So if the Nuggets end up winning game one and then the Lakers win three straight, who's winning game uh, <laughs> game five? 
like it, something has to give in that in that instance. And I, I'm all for this uh, science experiment to happen. I think the universe would just explode if that happens. <laughs> it's like when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Like it's, it's like 2020 has just been building up to this moment where the Lakers take a 3 one lead on the Nuggets and we just don't know what happens next. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the question. Uh, let us know in the chat. Uh, I've got, I, I should be able to see all the chat. We've actually thrown this up on Facebook for the first time. So hopefully it's working. Okay. It seemed to be working. Okay. Before, uh, we really jumped in here and started, uh, BSing about the Clippers, but man, just an epic, epic choke job. And I don't want to go too, too much about the Clippers because this is not a Clippers podcast. I just wanted to make sure that we got that in. We should have, I didn't think of this the night it happened. I was having too much fun on Twitter, just <laughs> laughing at them and seeing all the jokes, all the slander being launched. And we should have done a live reaction pod to that, but we didn't. Uh, I will throw, like direct you if you haven't over to a couple friends of ours over on Locked On Lakers. The intro to that podcast was just absolutely beautiful. So I highly recommend it. But I apologize we didn't get one out. I just didn't even think about it because I was having so much fun that night. But we're gonna, we're here now. We're laughing at them a little bit now. And, hey, we're 24 hours away from talking Lakers-Nuggets game one. You know what the issue is? And this will be my last point on the Clippers. The issue uh, we had in, in terms of having a podcast immediately after game seven is that we didn't, you know, want to be in, in the spotlight, you might say. Uh, for us, it's more about streetlights over spotlights. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was busy going to my second job on the bus. And for that reason, I, I, I couldn't really be on a podcast showing my face, having, having my voice be heard. I, I'm too busy being, you know, it's all about we over me is, is basically what I'm trying to tell everybody. I very nearly had to send you a Venmo request for <laughs> breaking my monitors from spitting water all over them. But <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it was just hilarious, man. It was a great night. I really didn't think the Nuggets had it in them to do. I mean, pull off a 3-1 series comeback twice. I think it's the first time a team has ever done that because it's only happened, I think, 13 times now in NBA history. And the Nuggets have two in the same postseason. So yeah, pretty, and, uh, pretty remarkable. And Doc Rivers has three of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot about the first one. I know it was, I think it was an eight seed versus a yeah. one against the, I think it was magic against the Pistons, but man, that's, that's tough. <laughs> that's, <laughs> it's just amazing to me that the Clippers have twice in the past five years been one win away from finally getting to the Western Conference Finals, and they blew a 3-1 lead on both occasions. <laughs> you see the Josh Smith Instagram post? I think that was my favorite thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. Game 7 is Josh Smith out of nowhere coming coming on Instagram, reminding everybody that the last time the, the Clippers did this, it was because he went just flaming hot from behind the three-point line. <laughs> Josh Smith turned into Steph Curry for a game and derailed a historic moment for the LA Clippers. And then, yeah, later on, it would result in them trading away Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, just breaking up that that whole course. So, uh, yeah, just unreal, unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that the Lakers are playing the Nuggets, and that's no slight to the Nuggets. I just thought that the – I remember, honey, I told you off air, and something I was really wrong about is after game one – I said I'd be shocked if the Nuggets got more than a game in that series, and they got four, which was pretty crazy. But, yeah. Um, all right. 
Before we dive into this Lakers Nuggets series, uh, it's a rematch of the 2009 Western Conference Finals, which everybody, every Lakers fan should remember unless you're super young. The Lakers won that series in six. The Lakers would then ultimately go on to beat Dwight Howard's Orlando Magic team in the finals and get Kobe's fourth ring, his first without Shaq. Pretty special moment in Lakers history. And it was the first of, of back-to-back. So hopefully history repeats itself this year and, and even next year. But we'll have to see. Ultimately, the Lakers, eight wins down, eight more to go. Got to focus on the team in front of them. Can't take this team lightly. We're going to talk about kind of just the series as a whole, offense, defense, if you guys are interested in a good read, Hani actually did a pretty extensive preview of this series up on LakersOutsiders.com, so be sure to check that out. Really good stuff from you, Hani, and we're going to talk about some of those points that you brought up today. I thought some of those were very, very interesting. Uh, if you're in the chat and you're sending us questions, we will try and uh, make some time at the end for questions. Uh, we'll try not to go too long with this, and uh, we'll have our predictions at the end of this as well. So. But as always, guys, before we dive in, make sure uh, if you do like this pod, you do like these live streams that we're doing uh, after games, we might actually do I might actually do like a watch party for some of the East games. I think the next East game might be kind of fun to do this live uh, during one of those games. And if the Celtics lose, it would be great to, to laugh at the Celtics because uh, I laughed at them blowing a huge lead tonight. Let's not let that go unnoticed. I know it's still funny to laugh about the Clippers, but the Celtics are uh, kind of stepping over or tripping over themselves right now. And the, the Heat are doing really well. So, but... As always, guys, like I said, these live pods, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. That really, really helps us. And be sure to, if you are watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video. It really helps us out with the YouTube algorithm. Uh, it helps us, uh, helps support the channel, helps us grow, and helps you to, helps us deliver you guys more consistent Lakers content like this. And uh, you can like us on Facebook as well. These should be streaming live on Facebook. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. So there's three avenues for you. No excuse. Follow us on those. It helps us out a ton, and uh, we'll keep bringing you guys Lakers content. So, and of course, these are also be up on. Man, this is so much, so much plugging. <laughs> <laughs> these will be up. <laughs> these will be up on Podbean as well. After after the fact, I'll edit these and throw them up there. Uh, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, they'll be up there as well. So, all right. I'm not even going to plug the socials. I'll plug those at the end. Let's dive into this <laughs> series. At the time we're recording this, the Lakers are roughly 24 hours away from game one of the Western Conference Finals for the first time in 10 years that they've been this far. Pretty crazy stuff. Hani, what are your initial thoughts on this series and how the Lakers match up with the Nuggets overall? So without getting too confident, I do think that this is a, a pretty great matchup for the Lakers. Um, I don't buy in a whole lot in the regular season matchups as far as, you know, how those translate into the postseason. But I think there are some interesting things to take away from them. Um, and the main thing for me was just how dominant Anthony Davis was in, in those games. Um, the Nuggets are a pretty solid defensive team. They're not amazing, but they are they are decent. And a guy like Nikola Jokic, he gets more of a bad rep defensively, I think, than he deserves. He's a, he's a much better defender than people kind of give him credit for. It's how he looks. But, yeah, that, that is a huge part of it, and he's not a really athletic like rim protector as a center, but he is a guy that, that positions himself well. He can draw charges. He can still contest shots. Um, but Anthony Davis legitimately was really dominant against him. He averaged, I think, 29 and 9. Um, and in those games, he certainly seemed to have an impact not only in terms of 
just his scoring and rebounding and his defense, but he really seemed to fatigue uh, Jokic, who's, you know, a bigger dude in, in many senses of the word. Um, he seemed to fatigue him late in games, and I think that is a huge part of this series. The the Nuggets go as Nikola Jokic goes, and even with Jamal Murray having these amazing uh, performances that he's had in these playoffs, and he has been spectacular. He's had, I think, two 50-point games, I think two other 40-point games. Um, he's had incredible scoring outbursts, but Jokic is the engine to that offense, and if you can tire him out late in games, then, then that's a, a big tick mark uh, for the Lakers to check off. And I think a guy like Anthony Davis and even the Lakers, other bigs who I think will have a much bigger role in this series than they did against the Rockets. Um, and I think JaVale especially can have a big role in, in terms of his athleticism and kind of getting to the rim. Um, I, I think that will be a huge key in, in terms of just making things as hard as possible on Jokic to make him just a little bit worse than he is. Um, because that dude's been, you know, having arguably the best playoffs of any other player in the league right now. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I think he gets more of a bad rap on on defense than you know than, than people should give him. <clears throat> and part of it is because of how he looks, and he's not you know this freak athlete that you typically would want. And you see in a guy like Anthony Davis, like Dwight Howard, Rudy Gobert, like these you know long, athletic, big guys that can protect the basket. He's really not that, but he is an incredibly smart basketball player. And that doesn't just, you don't see that displayed just on offense. It's definitely on defense too. Like you said, honey, very good at kind of positioning himself a little bit and just his, his basketball IQ is very, very high. And I think that's probably his, honestly, his best asset. And that's saying something because he has legit skills, especially offensively. But, but yeah, I mean, Jokic is going to be, it's an interesting matchup because I do think the Lakers match up fairly well with this Nuggets team, and especially for Jokic. And I think it's really interesting because Jokic goes from going up against Rudy Gobert in the first round to playing against a Clippers team that didn't really have the bodies. And I, I didn't think that the Nuggets could beat the Clippers. Like, I will gladly admit that I was way off on that series. I, I thought that they might be able to compete with them a little bit and battle. I didn't – after the first game, though, I probably overreacted a little bit because it was just a complete blowout. But – I thought that series would be interesting because I thought Murray might struggle because the Clippers' wing defenders, they have a lot of them. They got two of the best wing defenders in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to throw at him. So I thought that they would match up well there. But I thought Jokic could really feast in that series because Zubats, as much as you know, people love him, I, I still like Zubats. I mean, I don't have any ill will towards him. I, I hope he you know goes on to have a great career. He seems like a good kid. Doesn't have a ton of playoff experience. So, I mean, going up against Jokic in your second, I think it was, or, you know, he was played off the, uh, off the court, basically, against the Warriors last year. But yeah. not a ton of playoff experience for Zoo. But I, he did match up a lot better with Jokic than Montrez Harrell did. And there were a lot of minutes that Harrell was in the game, and Jokic just feasted really on both of those guys, probably less so on Zubots, but more so on Harrell. But that was it. I mean, the Clippers don't have a lot of big – uh, a lot of bigs. They don't have a lot of big man depth. I don't think Joakim Noah played in that series at all. And yeah, I, I thought that he could really feast in that series because of that, because the, the Clippers just didn't have big bodies to throw at him. They, they, they play kind of small ball and the Lakers can go, as we've seen, they can go. I don't even like to call it small because I don't think Anthony Davis at the five and, and Markeith at the four and LeBron at the three, you know, who, the lineups that they were throwing out there aren't small. They're more versatile and mobile 
the Lakers can play that way, but they can also play big, as we've seen kind of all year long, where they rotate uh, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee, and usually have at least one, if not two, of those those guys out there. And I think this is going to be a big Dwight series. I really do. I think JaVale, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers go back to their their traditional starting lineup of starting JaVale and AD. I think in crunch time, you're going to see AD taking Jokic because I think there was, there was some success there in the regular season. And I think AD is just the perfect type of guy to put on Jokic because if Jokic steps away from the basket... AD can go out there. He's very mobile, very athletic as for a big guy, very long, can you know contest shots. And if Jokic wants to go inside, AD's very good at protecting the rim and and his post-up defense is really good. Like he's just an all-around great defender and the perfect type of guy you want to put on Jokic. So I think down the stretch you'll see probably AD at the five and the Lakers go a little bit smaller. But I think this is a big Dwight series. I think JaVale will still kind of play minimal minutes, even though I think I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. Um, but I think Dwight Howard, after basically not playing in the last series because the Lakers went with their more versatile lineups to match up with Houston, I think Dwight's going to be a big factor in this series, and I think he can have success defending Jokic as well for similar kind of reasons. Obviously not the level of defender that the AD is right now, but can do kind of the same things as an athletic big, a strong big that is not going to be easy to just post up and back down. Jokic is very crafty, and I'm not saying the Lakers are going to just shut him down, but I think that they match up fairly well with with him and Murray as well. But those guys are both very, very dangerous. So offensively, actually, let's go ahead and start with defense because we're kind of on on that uh, track anyways. Defensively, what are some things you, you think the Lakers need to do to not only slow down the Nuggets, but more specifically Jokic and Jamal Murray, who are having great, great postseason runs? I think this is the Nuggets are kind of the anti Rockets to me. They uh, they're not a really ISO heavy team, even if they do have a guy like Jamal Murray, who who loves to take guys one on one and can do a great job of it. They are a team that is constantly moving like they are cutting off the ball over and over again, running around screens because they have, you know, one of the best passers in the league and a seven foot uh, like 300 pound dude <laughs> um, that can basically throw any pass that he wants at any time. So for the Lakers, I think it's it's honestly less about how they guard Jokic uh, to me. It's it's important because he has a really uh, he's a great scorer as well. But Jokic doesn't want to go out there and score 40 points. That's not his game. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, he's a great post up player. He can shoot really well. He can take shots when he needs to. But his his mindset is always let me pass it to my teammates uh, and get them the best shots possible. So I think. It's more of a series where I think the Lakers guards, uh, you know, your KCPs, Danny Greens, uh, Caruso's, et cetera. Uh, even Rajon Rondo, if he, if he does play off the bench as we expect them to, those guys need to be able to stick with their, uh, with their man at all times um, and, and be able to really cover them the length of the uh, length of the court, just because those dudes don't stop running. Um, they got they, the, the nuggets are really deep as well. Uh, they're, you know, their backcourt is, Murray and Gary Harris, but then they got guys like Torrey Craig and Monte Morris who aren't household names, but they can really score points in a hurry as well if you if you give them those opportunities. They are good players. Um, so to, to me, that is probably the biggest key is just being able to, to handle those guys. And then I think the bigs, uh, you know, whether it's just AD or if it's JaVale and Dwight uh, also playing, their kind of attention to detail is also important. The uh, one of the Nuggets' favorite pet plays is having kind of like a dribble handoff between uh, Jokic and Murray, and if those guys aren't stepping out, 
then Murray's drilling a three in your face or driving to the rim. Um, if they're not getting back on Jokic quick enough, he's scoring or, or passing it out for a better shot, what, what have you. Um, and on top of that, they have to guard a dude who, uh, on top of his great scoring, is really great at shooting the ball, especially above the break. Um, and JaVale and Dwight in particular don't love stepping out behind the three-point line to contest shots. So it's a tough task for them to be able to guard Jokic well, but also be able to guard uh, the the smaller Nuggets players who are kind of running around those screens and dribble handoffs um, and being able to provide that help. And, the you know, the, the Lakers have obviously been the best defense in the league in the playoffs and probably throughout the year as well. Um, but this is a much different series than against the Rockets where they could throw double teams at James Harden and that basically kind of just stopped anything happening for the Rockets on offense because they didn't move off the ball and James Harden wasn't running back to get the ball and and trying something new. Yeah. I think defensively, I think a key thing is there's, I think some similarities in, in this series that we saw with the Lakers playing the Rockets, but there's also some things that I think that they can't really do. So I don't think that they can really double Jokic. I think we saw the Clippers double him quite a bit, and he's such a good passer. His his vision is just great. He can you know see the floor well, execute passes extremely well, and he he burned them several times when they when they doubled him. So I think if you're the Lakers, if you're gonna double, you better be very particular about it. The timing of it has to be really well executed. I just wouldn't double very often because of that. Uh, and another thing, the Lakers obviously in the last two series trapped Lillard and Harden both at midcourt and basically just try to get the ball out of their hands and then try and scramble even though you kind of you're playing four on three a little bit when when you do that for for a brief second until guys can kind of rotate back. I don't think you can really do that necessarily because if you allow Jokic to start a four on three possession because you trap Murray at, at midcourt, then it turns it can be kind of problematic for you so it's it's a little different where the I, the rockets just didn't have like that playmaker that could get in the middle of the floor and really dissect the defense i i thought once you got the ball out of harden's hands it almost felt like you took him out of the possession a little bit i don't think you'll you'll see that as much in the, in this series i don't think you can trap murray at midcourt and just try and force the ball out of his hands Obviously, he's not a household name like a Lillard or a Harden, but you kind of have to guard him similar, and you have to give him the same level of attention to detail because he's on a just an absolute tear. He's had some, he had a couple games against the Clippers where he really struggled to shoot the ball, but man, in that Jazz series, he was unreal. Uh, finished off the Clippers in Game Seven, I believe, with 40 points, was just unreal in that game. He can fill it up, man. He can really, really fill it up. And I think defensively, the Lakers have got to have somebody attached to him at all times. I think your pick-and-roll coverage is going to be huge, which is why I think they go to AD at the five uh, to close games because he's he's the best guy in that position when, when they start going to Murray-Jokic pick-and-rolls that AD can come out and Murray can't just come off that screen and just and pull and fire for three. Um cool. Because AD is very good at getting out and having a stronger hedge, better than than Dwight and Javale, who play a little more kind of drop coverage a little bit, and you can't do that with Murray. Uh, you gotta you gotta be up and into him. Guys gotta go over screens, and then the bigs that you know that, that come and set the screen, 
Laker bigs have to come up and really extend their pressure as to not give him a clean look. And if he goes around that pressure, you got to have guys be willing to rotate over. And I think a guy like LeBron is going to be huge as kind of a secondary rim protector if they are pulling those bigs away from the basket. LeBron can yeah. obviously rotate over. And, and I mean, Jamal Murray's not like a high flyer or anything. Um, so LeBron, I think, could rotate over and, and kind of protect the basket, especially if he's playing off of Jeremy Grant, who's not a, not a great three-point shooter. Capable, but not a great one. Um, so, yeah, offensively – or, excuse me, defensively, I think – I wouldn't double Jokic. I wouldn't trap Murray at midcourt, but I would have somebody attached to him at all times trying to deny him the basketball. Ideally, I think you're going to probably want KCP, Caruso, and Danny Green guarding him uh, most, if not all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that point you made um, about the secondary rim protector, I think that's why – the Lakers will go to those two big lineups for pretty significant portions of the game, because then if they have, say, let's say Dwight Howard guarding Jokic, that allows Anthony Davis to be kind of cheating off of Paul Millsap or Jeremy Grant or, or, you know, one of those bigs mm-hmm. um, who aren't great shooters, as you said, and now he can provide you elite defensive player of the year level uh, rim protection without having to really concede anything on Jokic or uh, Murray. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be really interesting to see how Frank Vogel really attacks this uh, this team defensively. Obviously, you got you got some game film. The Lakers met these guys a couple times. Really, they they only have two regular season matchups, I think, to really go off of because, um, or I, I guess for us as speculation more so. You can always probably use game tape, but they played four times in the regular season. The two times that the Lakers won, the games were in Denver, um, and I think both teams were. I think one game the Nuggets might have had a guy or two out, um, but the core groups were healthy. The Nuggets beat the Lakers once in the regular season, and LeBron didn't play. That was in December, and then they played in the bubble. And the Clipper or the Nuggets, <laughs> Clippers, the Nuggets uh, played their starters. I think only like 20, 25 minutes, and they kind of closed the game with the, a lot of their bench guys. And Kuzma hit a game-winning three in that game. But the Lakers also didn't try very hard on defense in that game. So not a whole lot to take away from that. But uh, let's transition to the offensive side of the ball. And after we do this, uh, we're going to get into our predictions, and then we're going to take some questions for you guys. So get those ready to uh, put in the chat. Uh, if you're Whether you're streaming this on Facebook, YouTube, uh, or Twitch, it should pop up in my chat here. I've, I've got some from, from Twitch and YouTube so far. So uh, if you got questions, that's coming up soon. So, um, But let's talk about offense, honey. What would you do if you're the Lakers offensively in this series to really attack this Nuggets defense? I think that the Lakers should be uh, very, very happy that they can go back to the LeBron and AD pick and roll well. That was something they didn't really get to do a whole lot uh, against Houston, at least to the extent that they did against the Blazers or throughout the regular season because the Rockets just switch everything and you don't really create – much of an advantage there might be marginal ones maybe lebron likes going at pj tucker more than he likes going at robert covington but uh you know largely there's not much of a difference there this series they're going to be able to do that a whole lot more and i think they are going to go to that a whole lot um because as we said before you can tire out Jokic. you can kind of if you're forcing him to guard you in space that's where he can kind of actually uh struggle a lot more we talked about him being a better defender than giving credit for but uh, he is still kind of a slower dude. He, his footwork, at least his movement um, and agility, isn't as great as some of the other uh, uh, 
bigs around the league. He has so openly admitted that he's a slow player. <laughs> exactly. And I've seen a lot of people talk about how it looked like he was playing on flip-flops in game seven and roasting the, uh, the Clippers. And, and it kind of feels that way for sure. Um, so going to that that sort of pick and roll action, it, you know, it one gives um, AD a chance to kind of terrorize them uh, down low because he's going to be getting the ball uh, with that full of steam going at the rim. And we've talked about it ad nauseum that he's so much better when he's getting the ball in space and not having to create for himself, um, but kind of being able to lo- use his quickness and his length. Um, Jokic also, you know, the way they they do their pick and roll coverage is it's kind of a soft hedge and credit to Nakai Sunken. I, I read a great breakdown that he had on the series. Um, so you, you should definitely go look at that. It's a lot better than mine, but you should also read mine because clicks feed us. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they do a, a little bit of a soft hedge. He's not coming out to really trap the ball handler. He's not uh, dropping um, all the way out into the paint either. And I think that's something that both AD and LeBron can exploit. I think LeBron can definitely go around him. He's a, uh, he's a lot faster. And once he gets around him, there's not any rim protection. Um, and same same deal with AD, If especially if he kind of slips some of those screens, I think he's going to have a wide open lane. And as we saw in the last series, when there's not a rim protector or a shot blocker uh, at the rim, LeBron and AD are going to go insane. Um, and, you know, they shot it in, incredibly well at the rim against the Rockets because they don't have anybody over, like, six foot six. Um, the, the Nuggets have better defenders, in my opinion, um, that can provide that rim protection, but it's mostly in, in the form of drawing charges or something of the sort. They're not really blocking your shot or really contesting you that well at the rim. So if they can get into that action a lot, and I think they will, especially late in games, I don't really see a great way for the Nuggets um, to protect against it other than crowding the paint and daring the Lakers to shoot, which probably is their safest bet. But with the way the Lakers kind of shot at the end of that uh, series against the Rockets, I feel a lot more confident about their ability to keep scoring as well as they did against Houston. Yeah, definitely. I think it's an interesting point that you brought up was the lack of rim protection for the Nuggets. I think that's one kind of similar thing that, is in the similar thing that we're going to see with this series that we saw in the Rockets series and not really in the Blazers series because the Blazers went with two traditional bigs and as hilarious as Hassan Whiteside can be uh, with his decision-making sometimes as a player, he is a legit rim protector and paint anchor defensively. And so, the I mean, the Lakers didn't have to deal with that at all in the last series because the Rockets just refused to play big guys. I mean, their center was P.J. Tucker, for crying out loud, and their best rim protector is probably Robert Covington, so or Jeff Green, and like this series is kind of similar because Jokic is not really a rim protector. They don't really offer this team doesn't offer a ton in terms of rim protection. So if I'm the Lakers, I'm trying to get out in transition like they they pretty much want to do against every single team. Obviously, the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are pretty good when it in terms of athleticism, and I think they can get out and run as well. And, you know, they can hit some threes. They can fill it up, fill it up offensively. But I trust the Lakers, if they get out in transition, that they, they will score a lot of points in this series. And that all, all obviously starts defensively. When the Lakers are able to get stops, AD is a, a pretty damn good guy to just get the rebound and get the ball out and, and go. Plus, he runs the floor extremely well. So it's always going to start defensively with this team. But I think offensively, one thing you'll see similar to what we saw with the Rockets series is – Getting LeBron downhill. I think getting LeBron and AD going downhill, and especially AD less so posting him up, 
on on Jokic. I think you'll see some of that, but I think getting him the ball on the move, especially diving to the basket, I think these guys will be able to just put up a lot of points at a high clip because LeBron and AD can finish around the basket because there is no really rim protection back there. So I think the Lakers really attack Jokic in pick and rolls. And I think they're going to attack Murray in a couple different ways. I think ultimately you just want to make those two guys work after two seven game series. uh, I think this is the first time they've had two days off really since the playoffs started, if I'm not mistaken, because they went seven games and then dove right into the Clippers series and got smacked in game one, maybe because they were a little fatigued. But the Lakers, if you're the Lakers, you're fresh, so I would run. I would put Jokic in a ton of pick and rolls and make him defend in space. And then with Murray, I think you might see a similar kind of thing that the Lakers did with Lillard, uh, with Damian Lillard, where they basically, whoever he was guarding was setting a ton of screens and kind of running around and just trying to make Lillard work on defense because they're going to try and probably hide Murray similar to – what Portland was doing with Lillard, obviously to conserve energy because they need him for offense. I think the Lakers, whether, you know, whoever it is, whether it's KCP, Danny Green, whoever he's guarding, got to keep him on the move a lot and, and set screens on him. Uh, have that guy be the screener. Like you just got to make Murray stay in constant motion, try and grind these guys down after playing two seven game series. And I think the Lakers will be fine if they do that. So get LeBron going downhill or LeBron and AD going downhill, make Jokic defend in space and really just make Murray work defensively. Cause as good as those two guys are offensively, I think especially given the two seven game series, the Lakers might be able to grind those guys down a little bit by just constantly attacking them when they have the basketball. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the matchup hunting is going to be a crucial key for this. And I think LeBron is, maybe the greatest player ever in the NBA in terms of understanding what matchup he wants and going at it. Um, you know, the Murray aspect is part of it, getting those guards to come set him screens uh, to make Murray work, just like they did with Damian Lillard, as you pointed out. I also see, you know, a guy like Michael Porter Jr., who uh, has had some great offensive performances in these playoffs, but defensively he's been really hunted by other teams that I think LeBron is a whole different step than, you know, even the guys in, in the last round um that that went at him and i think if you can get a guy like michael porter jr switched out on lebron or have him guard a pick and roll with uh, that lebron is involved in that that is great offense um i i'm really not too concerned about the lakers getting points against this nuggets team like i said i think they're a solid team uh defensively uh i believe they ended the season something like 16th in defensive rating which isn't great but for most of the year they were pretty good i feel i i'm not entirely sure about this but i think they kind of dropped off a little bit in the bubble and that kind of impacted their numbers um but i I just i don't think they have enough great options to guard lebron kind of the same issue that really both of the previous teams have had i think they have some decent ones but a lot of them we've we've seen them try and not succeed. Paul Millsap is a guy that the Hawks tried to throw uh, at LeBron that season where they had five <laughs> players of the month in the same month, uh, and that didn't work out at all for them. Uh, Gary Harris is a great defender, but he's really small compared to LeBron. I don't think he's going to be giving up a lot of trouble. Uh, you know, Grant might be their best option, but I'm still not too concerned about that. Will Barton might come out, come back at some point in the series. It doesn't really sound likely, but it's possible. Um, but I, I think he's too small and, too, and not as strong as LeBron as well. So I think LeBron is going to be able to have a great series um, as long as he's kind of uh, picking and choosing his spots the same way that he has his entire career, really. 
um, in terms of hunting those matchups and really striking that balance between going for 30 a night, which I think he can get pretty easily, and still being able to get a guy like Anthony Davis involved so that they're keeping Jokic uh, you know, running around on defense as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see Jamal Murray get kind of the Lou Williams treatment that we saw when the Lakers played the mm-hmm. – Clippers back I think it was in March or late February before right before the season <clears throat> went on the uh, kind of that the shutdown the hiatus uh, yeah 19 years ago yeah <laughs> feels like it uh, so I think you'll see some of that where LeBron really hunted Lou Williams in that game I think you'll see LeBron do that quite a bit in this series with Jamal Murray and really try and go after him I would imagine they're going to stick Grant on him um, but like you said I you basically echoed my thoughts I think Basically, if you put Millsap on him, I think he's too slow to keep up with LeBron. And if you put anybody else, I think, on him, I think LeBron's just too strong, too big and too strong, too physical. So I don't think the Nuggets have a really good matchup for LeBron. I mean, let's be honest. Most teams, if not all teams, don't. But, uh, yeah, I I really like kind of how the the Lakers match up in this series. But that's not to say that the Nuggets are going to be an easy out by any means. Obviously, you know, they've earned <clears throat> I think they've earned respect. I think they've they're, you know, do a ton of credit for, you know, coming back from down 3-1 cuz it takes it takes a lot to do that once, but to do it twice, especially against a team that is as talented as the Clippers and yeah, I mean, whether you think, you know, oh, there's a reason they were down 3-1. Yes, that's true, but they also came back from those deficits. So, putting them away could be very difficult if the Lakers get to that point which we'll talk about, I guess, here next in our, our predictions. Uh, Hani, I mean, I don't mean to uh, rub this in, but I'm so far batting a 1,000 with these predictions. I predicted Lakers in five, and I predicted Lakers in five in both <laughs> rounds. <laughs> I don't know why, where I was going with that. but And you said, what, Lakers in six, I believe, in both rounds. So you, you're undercutting the Lakers a little bit here. What's going on with that? Look, you know, I've talked about this a lot, and I think in life, in every aspect of life, whether it's marriage, your job, or your favorite sports team, you should be setting the expectations as reasonably low as possible so that when, you know, when things go a little bit better than you expected, it's even it's even more of a satisfaction that you feel. I really um, hope your several wives are not listening to this podcast. <laughs> Uh, exactly. That, that, that's the thing. I set my expectations low and then now I have multiple. Anyway, uh, you're sleeping on multiple couches tonight. Um, it's worth it. I'll, I'll just say that it's worth it. Um, as for a prediction after saying all of that, um, I'm going to, I'm going to mess around and say Lakers in four. Ooh. <laughs> That was my backup prediction if you didn't take my original prediction. So it's just I, I I don't even mean this as disrespect to the Nuggets because I, I respect them more than literally any other team in the Western Conference because the rest of them are have been just trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just I, I don't see this as a great matchup for them. I, I think the the fatigue factor is an aspect in this. Mm. Um I I, I have the utmost respect for how resilient they've been. I've gained a lot of respect for Jamal Murray, who's a guy that I wasn't really in love with before the, these playoffs, but he's been amazing. Nikola Jokic, I think you could make a, a very solid argument that he's the best center in the league. Um, and, and, you know, there, there's been a big Anthony Davis versus Nikola Jokic, like who's a better player debate on Twitter for some reason, because we can't just enjoy 
players without having a comparison. But you know, I I think for me it's it's more of a preference thing. I think that they are on a similar level in just completely different ways. Um, I would take Anthony Davis. AD better. <laughs> and and that is why the Lakers won in four. Um, but yeah, I just I I don't see how the Nuggets are going to be um, affecting the Lakers' offense enough to really keep them from from racking up those points. And while their offense is incredible, and I, I think they will be able to score quite a bit even against this Lakers defense, I, I just have a lot more faith on the Lakers and you know Vogel's adjustments. And you know, to me, they do have the two best players in the series, and sometimes it does come down to something as as simple as that. And I just think, um, I, I just I just don't think the Nuggets quite have enough to really make this a series. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think the Lakers match up very well with this team, and like I've been saying, it's not a slight to the Nuggets by any means. I like like you, honey. I have a ton of respect for this team, especially how they've been able to battle back in the, in these two series. Less so in the Jazz series because I thought they shouldn't have been down 3-1 in that series because yeah. I didn't think the Jazz were that good, uh, especially considering you know the, the their player situation with no Bogdanovich. And I think I, – I don't know if Conley missed time in that series, but uh, he had been kind of in and out of the bubble a little bit. Anyways, uh, yeah, but the Clippers series, I was very impressed with how they came back. I did not expect that at all. I'm going to say Lakers in five. I'm going to stick to my Lakers in five uh, trend. Maybe I'll just, if, if they get to the finals, maybe I'll just do Lakers in five the whole time. But <laughs> I, I'm going to give the Nuggets a game, and I wouldn't be surprised it wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it was game one, given the Lakers have had a lot of time off, and it's kind of similar to the Rockets series. They just looked really out of sync. I think they needed a, a game to really get a feel for the Rockets' speed and everything and how they play. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers either a smack the Nuggets in game one, like we saw with the Clippers doing the same to the Nuggets in game one, but I also could see the Lakers being a little rusty with a long layoff and not playing their best. And the Nuggets maybe still riding an emotional high come out, you know, guns blazing and they, they steal game one and the Lakers win the next four after that. I don't know. I'm going to give the Nuggets a game just out of respect <laughs> Which feels like the most backhanded compliment ever. Yeah, that sounds more disrespectful than, than picking the Lakers in four. Hey, man. If the La- okay, for a hot take, if the Lakers would have played the Clippers, I still would have said Lakers in five. Woo! I and, think I would have agreed. <laughs> like, I was th- leaning Lakers in six, but after that series just kind of kept going on and on, I, I was going to say Lakers in five. But I'll say Lakers in five for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, honey, the fatigue, how these rosters match up. I think the Lakers match up very well. And I, I'll i give the Nuggets a game because what we saw, kind of what we saw with game two against the Clippers, that first half they came out on fire. And they are capable of doing that if you don't lock in defensively, which the Lakers have had a ten- tendency to do at times. They kind of have some stretches where they get a little lackadaisical, the effort's not great, and teams can put up a bunch of points. But the Lakers have done this thing where they kind of you know, flip a switch off and on when they need to play and when they don't. And it's working so far. I think I think I would like to think that this team understands now it's winning time. We're eight wins away from an NBA championship. Let's go get this thing. No more slacking. But I do think the Nuggets are very capable of just having a game where they go ballistic from the three-point line and just scoring a lot of points because Jokic and Murray are very good, plus the other guys that they have. Um, they have some guys that are hot and cold, and I think there's possibly a game that those guys just get hot, like we saw in game two against the Clippers. So, And yeah. basically every second half after that. But... Okay. 
Yeah. So you're saying Lakers in four. I'm saying Lakers in five. We got some people in the chat saying Lakers in six. I think the the consensus is going to be the Lakers winning this series. I think they're they're still underdogs to me <laughs> because I have a narrative to control. But yeah, I, I think the Lakers, if all goes well, the Lakers will be uh, punching their ticket to the NBA Finals when it's all said and done. So. Let's dive into these questions. Uh, you got our predictions, kind of a breakdown, offense, defense, all that, and just our general thoughts on the series. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, let us know in the chat. I can see now that we are getting some from Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. So let's dive into some of these questions. First one was from John on YouTube. Who do you think will step up and defend Murray? Personally, I think it's going to be a rotation of probably three guys, maybe four. I think you'll, you'll see KCP start on him and then – I mean, you might see Danny Green start on him, but I think those two will defend him a lot, and I think Alex Crusoe will get some minutes on him as well. Yeah, I mean, I think those three will get the bulk of the minutes. I wouldn't be too surprised if uh, Vogel goes to the Rondo route, kind of like he did against the Rockets, in terms of having Rondo guard uh, Harden or Westbrook, really, the length of the floor. Not necessarily what I would do, just because I feel like eventually playoff Rondo will 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 cease to exist in a in a brutal manner. But um, I could see him just being a little bit of a pest for a few possessions at least, uh, and kind of giving him trouble, even even if it's just to make it a little bit tougher for him to dribble the ball up the floor and, and fatigue him a little bit more. I could see that being a little bit of an option as well. I'm curious to see if LeBron checks Murray at all. Because I think you might see him at times, not often, but maybe at times, maybe in critical possessions. I don't think the Lakers will be overly worried about switching onto Murray, whether it's LeBron. Uh, I, I don't think they want like Dwight or JaVale guarding him. But I also yeah. don't think that they mind AD switching out on him because Murray, when he has had AD on him in you know their, their two main meetings in the regular season, he struggled. He really, really struggled, which most yeah. guys do with AD guarding them. So I don't, I don't think that. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a by committee approach. But I think ultimately it'll be those main three guys that I mentioned: KCP, Danny Green, and Alex Caruso. So uh, let's see. Clippers equals uh, what a choke job. <laughs> <laughs> Rivers be fired. Uh, Doc Rivers is safe reportedly. So. Good news for everybody else in the NBA, but especially in the Western <laughs> Conference. Uh, let's see. Who's better, Kyle Kuzma or Michael Porter Jr.? Give me Kyle Kuzma. Michael Porter Jr. Um, <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. has only seen one type of shot he doesn't like, um, and that is a vaccine. <laughs> but beyond being uh, a pretty good offensive player, Man, that dude makes some dumb mistakes. It's not, it's not just him being a complete idiot off the floor, but on the floor he makes a ton of dumb mistakes, and he has a, a sieve defensively. Kyle Kuzma, I think he has really learned how to play in his role this year. Um, and, and, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to him. He's not going to be probably scoring as, as much as Michael Porter Jr. will, but um, he's capable of that. He's capable of being a little bit more of a playmaker. And he's a, he's a much, much better defender than, than Michael Porter Jr. is. I think both guys can really hit some tough shots. I think that they have a lot of capabilities offensively as scorers. I trust Kyle Kuzma, especially this version that we've seen in the bubble, defensively a hell of a lot more than I trust Michael Porter Jr. And because that's not even a slight to – to MPJ, it's more just Kuzma's been really good defensively for the for the Lakers in the bubble. So, I uh, yeah, 
I, I, I think – I mean, I would take Kuzma, especially this 3-and-D wing that we've seen in the bubble. He's been very efficient offensively and has made good decisions, taken good shots, been you know really good cutter, good pretty good spot-up shooter, and just defends – a hell of a lot better than Michael Porter Jr. So give me Kyle Kuzma as well. Uh, let's see. How will the Nuggets look to lock down the Lakers' best player, KCP? <laughs> okay. First of all, we got to acknowledge that this is from Zane, and this is like his fourth question about KCP <laughs> on multiple platforms right now. What are you doing? <laughs> um, but the real answer is that there is no hope to locking down KCP. You can only you can only hope to slow him down or that he takes some mercy on you. What what he said. Uh, let's see. Joe Dominguez on Facebook says, "Do you think THT gets any minutes?" Uh, I kind of doubt it. Like like we said earlier, Joel and Dwight are probably going to be playing again this series. It's just a lot of minutes going to a lot of guys. Um, and the Lakers' playoff rotation is already a lot uh, more extensive than most teams would play in the playoffs. Um, I would love for THC to get a few more minutes just because of the disrespect factor, but um, I, I don't necessarily see him playing, at least not significantly, maybe a few minutes here and there. I find your lack of faith rather disturbing. <laughs> like, we, gotta, we, we already showed a little too much of, of the secret weapon in the second round. We got to hold them for the finals. Release the Kraken. Just do it. I think THD does get minutes in this series. I don't think it's a lot, but I do think he gets some. I also think there's going to be a game in this series where the Lakers just blow out the Nuggets. At least yeah. one at least one game, and I think he gets some, some minutes there. But I wouldn't be surprised either to see Vogel go deep into his rotation because the Nuggets, like we said, that fatigue factor I think is going to come into play at some point. And I wouldn't be surprised to, to see Vogel take advantage of that and say, hey, I'm going to throw out – you know, some more guys and go with a deep rotation and keep guys fresh. LeBron and AD haven't really played like a high volume of minutes that you would expect in the playoffs so far. So they're already fresh. Yeah. I think you can keep them even more fresh for these fourth quarters if it comes down to that. But I do think they're, I mean, at the very least, there's going to be a game where the Lakers just crush the Nuggets in this series and THG gets at least some garbage time minutes. So I do think he gets in there, though. He played really well against the Rockets. Well, I mean, at least far better than I think anybody expected. Once again, just just as a quick reminder, he outscored Daniel House in the series. He did. He did. All right. And he, he actually stayed for the whole series. So <laughs> who will be more effective, Gary Harris or Jeremy Grant? Look, uh, I may be brown and I may have a big nose, but I'm not brown-nosing when I say that Gary Harris, with a beautiful first name, uh, we'll have the better series. I'm I'm genuinely a really really big fan of Gary Harris. I love his game. Um, and I, he's had a pretty tough year this year, but I think he had a really great series against the Clippers. He is a monster defensively, and he can knock down shots and put the ball on the floor against the closeout. I really like his game. Um, I, I think he could potentially have a really good series. Yeah, I I would say so as well. I trust Gary Harris's uh, offense more than I trust Jeremy Grant. Uh, just with they're shooting like i said earlier grant is a capable shooter but i'm a big fan of gary harris mainly because of his first name but <laughs> but but no i think he is a solid player i think he's a very quality role player and i you know i think he's a little bit of an x factor in this series for the nuggets i think they're going to need him to step up and play well i think they're going to need a few a few of those role guys to really step up and be consistent and really bring it both offensively and defensively but 
Yeah, I, I would say Gary Harris, but I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Jeremy Grant as well. I think he's, he's a quality player, and I knew back when the Nuggets got him that that, that was going to be a quality pickup for them. So, yeah, I think we both go with Gary Harris there. So, uh, I think that's it for questions. I don't see any more. There's, I mean, some more KCP <laughs> <laughs> questions. But, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Like I said, I didn't want this to go <clears throat> too long. So we're going to be doing these after every single game, and we're going to be doing a series preview pod for hopefully for the NBA Finals as well if the Lakers can get by the Nuggets <clears throat> and advance to the NBA Finals. So, yeah, these I'm, I'm liking how these live streams are turning out. I really enjoy those of you that send us questions in the chat or comment in the chat. I love it. I really do really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to – get out of here we'll be back on tomorrow night and hopefully recapping finally a lakers game one win yeah absolutely i am uh looking forward to it i'm looking forward to actually i was going to say another night of slander but i i respect the nuggets too much to do that to them um they're not fraudulent in the ways of the clippers unless it's like a sweep where the lakers win every game by 20 plus points uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll find it in me. It, it would be painful, but I'll find it in me to uh, to make some jokes then. I won't hesitate. So, <laughs> no, Nuggets, Nuggets Twitter has some has some good dudes over there. So, uh, I, yeah. I do I do respect them and I respect their their team. But I think the Lakers are going to win. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's going to do it for us this time. As I mentioned, guys, with these live streams, you can get them at, at three different places. Facebook, like us on Facebook, just find us uh, Lakers Outsiders as you search us, we'll pop up. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well, and you can set those those alerts so that when we go live, you get an alert, and you can just dive right in. We're usually kind of sitting there uh, just for a couple minutes just to let people kind of gather, give you time to get in there and, and get going in the chat and all that stuff. And of course, twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. Uh, we're there as well. Be sure to follow us on there. And all the, all the following, the subscribing, all that stuff, It you guys don't you don't know how how much that that helps us and how much we appreciate that so um we would appreciate it for those of you that haven't if you guys do that that would be great and again on youtube uh if you could like this video as well really really helps us out so and of course as always you can follow our socials twitter and instagram at lakers outsiders and like i said like us on facebook and get all of our content including hani's well-written series preview piece on lakersoutsiders.com you can't follow hani on twitter at raptors outsiders anymore because they're done but you can still follow him at H-O-N-I-A-H-M, and you can follow me at Gary Kester. <laughs> uh, that, I was about to say, oh, how sweet, and then you went and did that. <laughs> I'm never going to, yeah, I'm never going to give that up. Maybe maybe if the Lakers win the title, I'll give it up. But, but yeah, that is going to do it for us this time, guys. Thank you guys so much for, uh, for listening in, uh, for contributing in the chat. Always appreciate the support. But, uh, yeah, until next time, this is Gary Kester with Hani Amadian and the Lakers Outsiders, signing off. Shout out Isaiah Thomas.